Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. If you'll turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to continue our series on the fruits of the Spirit. Tonight, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about patience and long-suffering. Have you ever had anybody tell you, just have a little bit of patience? Hold your horses is the, is the modern way to say it. Can't you hold your horses for just a little bit? We're going to talk a little bit about patience tonight and the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read through the fruits of the Spirit for us. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. The Word of the Lord says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. You know, um, some translations you may have, you may say patience instead of long-suffering. Some may say forbearance. Um, In some translations, uh, the King James and the New King James uses the word long-suffering. And we're going to talk about those words in just a minute. But um, patience and long-suffering. Um, do y'all like candy bars? Y'all like candy bars? I love candy bars. And uh, I, I like, I like Butterfingers. And I like Hershey bars. I love chocolate. If it's got chocolate in it, I love it. And um, I like Baby Ruth's. Y'all know what a Baby Ruth is? Praise God. And um, uh, when I was a kid, I used to buy... Uh, I don't see them much anymore, but they were $1,000 bars, they were called. And they were chocolate and caramel, and uh, they were really good. But let me tell you what I really like. I mean really like. I love Snickers bars. Yeah, hallelujah. Come on, I got any... What'd you say? Frozen Snickers bars, yes. Well, as you get older, you don't like frozen enough because you break your teeth. And uh, so... But yes, frozen Snickers bars. And you ever see the commercial, uh, the people that are not themselves, they're, they're hangry is what they are. And so they give them a Snickers bar and they turn back to their regular self. And so uh, that's me. My wife said, that's you. And that's probably, that's probably true. And, uh, but did you know there is a member of the fruit family um, that also... Um, um, known as the candy bar of the fruit family. And it's the, it's the date fruit is considered the candy bar of the fruit family. Uh, it's known as the candy that grows on a tree. And uh, it's interesting because dates are very sweet. Um, they're chewy. Um, they are, they're good because they, they provide quick energy. Uh, most people eat them and provide any dates I've ever had. I've not cared much for. They're kind of you got to have an acquired taste for them, and uh, but they do they do have some uh, ailment properties. They say that people who have sore throats, if they eat dates, um, it helps their sore throat, and um, and then helps. Of course, it's got antioxidants for. Uh, um, Thing. But as I was reading about dates, I got into reading about dates as I was uh, researching. And this is what I found, something interesting that I found um, that I thought stood out about dates. 
was the long suffering of a date palm tree. And uh, did you realize that though dates, uh, when they begin to grow, that they have leaves for the first five to eight years? They produce no fruit for the first five to eight years. And, uh, and then uh, after, after that, they begin to produce fruit. But here's what's interesting. A date palm will live close to 80 years. And it produces more fruit in its latter years than it does in its early years. And a date tree in the first year of producing will produce five to... Uh, well, I got that wrong. Hold on. Will produce uh, 17 to 22 pounds of dates in its first year of fruitfulness. By the time the tree is 35 years old, it can produce almost 200 pounds of dates a year. So, in other words, uh, the date tree is long suffering. It's the long suffering, uh, it is the fruit of long suffering of the fruit family. And as the years go on, it's long-suffering and it's continuance as it matures. It produces more and more fruit. And so patience and long-suffering is the candy bar of the Spirit. Just as date tree is the uh, candy bar of the fruit family, uh, patience and long-suffering is the candy bar of the Spirit. Uh, the word patience means to bear under. The word long-suffering, we're going to get into the meaning of the word deeper in just a second. But it, it means not only to be patient, but it means to endure and it means to have endurance. Sometimes you'll see the interchanging in Scripture where you see the word endure. It really means to be patient or to be long-suffering. And uh, I mean, oh, we live in a day um, that is not very patient. We live in a day of instant retaliation. And uh, if we don't like something, we respond immediately. We kind of just fly off the handle a little bit. How many know we live in an hour like, did y'all see that on the news where them two people were fighting at the gas station over gas? And this guy was beating up this girl that had hit him. She punched him, and then he started hitting her, and it was an all-out brawl at the gas station for gas there in North Carolina. I don't know if you all saw that or not. Um, but how many know we live in an hour when people don't have a lot of long-suffering or patience? We live in a world of speed, um, and not a whole lot of people are walking around with patience. And uh, patience is not something that's natural. It's not something that is, comes naturally. It is, it is, I believe it's supernaturally born into our hearts. And when we become born again in the Spirit, when God saves us, I believe that what the Holy Spirit wants to do is produce a long-suffering and a patience in our life. I believe that's what He does. It's supernaturally born in us. And uh, uh, it, we, have to be, we have to learn patience, kind of like the boy that was at the department store, and he was standing at the bottom of the escalator watching the handle of the escalator bar, go roll by, roll by, roll by. And a manager of the store came up and she said to the little boy, she said, son, are you lost? He said, no, ma'am, I'm just waiting for my gum to come back around. <laughs> and, uh, so sometimes we have to have patience like that. We have to have that kind of patience. And um, it's interesting, as I was studying this week, I was reading 
uh, commentary um, uh, by, um, I'm going to forget his name. His last name is Stout. John Stout is his name. John Stout, in his commentary on the book of Galatians, he talked about, he said that, that, you know, remember when we started the study, we talked about how that it says the fruit of the Spirit, singular. Uh, It's not fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, it's the idea of, of the fruit of the Spirit and it clusters in our life. And he breaks down the nine fruits or the nine um, uh, fruits of the Spirit, uh, these nine fruits, and he breaks them down into clusters. And he said that uh, we've already studied love, joy, and peace. He says that is the cluster of our attitude toward God is love, joy, and peace is our is the attributes of our love toward God. Our love for God uh, is toward Him. So the fruit of the Spirit of love, we all know that we have to have the fruit of the Spirit to love one another, but the fruit also has to be the fruit of our love toward God. How many know that before we got saved, the Bible says that we were at enmity with God, that we had hostility toward God? Have you ever met lost people that are hostile towards the things of God? But it says the fruit of the Spirit gives us love toward God. And then there's peace with God. Having peace with God and, and joy, uh, it, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? So those, are, those first three are attributes to God. The second three, patience, kindness, and goodness, are attributes toward others. In other words, they're the fruit of the Spirit that are the attributes toward others. We have to have patience with others. We have to show kindness toward others, and we do goodness toward others. And then the last three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are attributes toward ourselves, that we have to maintain faithfulness. Uh, We have to continue to walk um, uh, in gentleness and then inside self-control, having self-control in our lives. You know, um, as our kids get older, and as a parent, you probably went through this, that um, you know, your kids ask you things, have you ever done this or have you ever done that? And there are things you've done that you don't want them to do, right? You, you tell them, well, I did it, but I don't want you to do it. And, and they're trying to figure out a reason, well, if you did it, why, you turned out okay, why can't I do it? Well, it's just not good for you to do it. And, um, and so sometimes when we, when we think about, when I was thinking about preaching on patience, I want to tell you, uh, I'm the last person that probably should be up here speaking tonight on patience. Um, but my wife is the one that probably should be speaking tonight. <laughs> and, uh, but the Lord spoke to my heart. And I begin to realize that my right to preach the gospel doesn't depend on my ability to practice it perfectly, right? <laughs> so our ability, you know, our ability to share the gospel and to preach the gospel doesn't depend on the fact that we perfectly do it correctly all the time. Because how many know that we don't perfectly practice it all the time? And so um, because... You know, we're talking about patience and long-suffering, and sometimes, you know, there may be areas of our life that we testify or share the gospel in that we may not have perfectly uh, walked or perfectly live out, 
but we know that it's still truth and has to be still communicated. But the fruit we're talking about tonight is not, is not rep, in representation of me tonight, but it's of Jesus's character and his character that came, comes out of me, right? And comes out of you. He produces, uh, as we surrender to his will and his ways in our life. And so it's the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God that produces in us, that flows out of our lives. And so that's what he's talking about tonight, the fruit of the Spirit, what is produced. Let's look at this word patience or long-suffering. And uh, it's interesting because uh, this word patience, the word long-suffering, it's a difficult Bible translation. And there are, there are some words in the New Testament that are, uh, the translators have a, uh, sometimes a difficult time translating from the original language to English. And the reason is because many of the translations um, don't come out the same word every time. You will see that the word patience and long-suffering um, in the original language, these words can also have other meanings based upon how they're used and the context that they're used. In other words, so you'll see the word patience and long-suffering, but you'll also see the word forbearance. You'll see the word uh, endure. You'll see the word endurance. All of these have the same original root word for the word patience and long-suffering. But let's talk about the word patience for just a minute, or the word um, patience, um, uh, the idea, uh, the King James Version uses the word long-suffering. I like that word. That is a strong word. And the, the idea behind the word is putting up with those who are train-wrecking their life. That's what the idea of the meaning of long-suffering is. Putting up, um, putting up with those who... Uh, are train wrecking their life. That's that's long suffering. They have it's the ideal of, and so in the NIV uses the word patience. Um, it means the idea of the word is slow to wrath or self restraint. That's what the word patience means. So to have patience is slow to anger or slow to wrath, or it means to have self restraint in our lives, and um, it's just like. Don't you and I, Jesus at one time, didn't he not have long suffering for you and me? You know, that he, uh, that he put up with our lives, uh, those of us whose lives were a train wreck. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but before I found Jesus, the patience of the Lord, I'm, th- I'm glad he was long suffering with me. And uh, how many ever think back during the course of your life before you found Jesus, that you think back in situations you thought, man, I could have died in that moment. I could have lost my life, but the goodness of God and the long suffering of the Lord, the patience of the Lord allowed me to live. In other words, he put up with the train wreck of my life um, that, was, that was, I was headed for destruction, but the Lord's long suffering kept me and allowed me to remain. And so the Lord showed long suffering toward us. And... Um, it also means, it comes from the word, it also means someone we love is headed in the wrong direction. Um, 
It means to bear up with or to have forbearance. Uh, the NIV uses the word, the current NIV translation uses the word forbearance. The older version of the NIV will use the word patience. When I got saved, I, I memorized scripture off of the translation of the NIV and the 1984 translation of the NIV. And so that's how I memorized scripture. And so I like the word patience uh, and, uh, when we're talking, but the word uh, forbearance, it means to bear up. Uh, the word is used strongly in the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 when the Bible says, Brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. And verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens. It means to bear up. It means to bear up one another's burdens. It means to have patience with. In other words, when there are those who struggle spiritually, that those of us that are mature are to come up, up around and help bear up a brother that has fallen or fallen into a temptation or fallen into a sin. We're to come around them and bear them up and walk with them through the process and bear their burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ that the scripture says. Let me give you the Webster's definition of the word patience. It is the capacity, it is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, suffering, or trouble without getting angry or upset. How many know that's a good definition? That the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, suffering, or trouble without getting angry or upset. Now, we all have capacity. All of us have a measure of capacity. In other words, if you look at a swimming pool, it'll have a certain capacity to hold water. If, if there's more water in that pool than what capacity to have, that pool will begin to spill out. And so all of us have a limited capacity um, to be patient with others. Some of us have, have more patience with others than, than, other, than other, other of us do. But the one who has infinite patience and ultimate capacity is Jesus. See, your capacity and my capacity comes to a breaking point. We all have a measure of capacity, and every, every one of us has a time or a patience where our patience is tried and, um, and where, it is, where it is, the capacity is exceeded, but it's at that point we realize we need Jesus. It's at that point we realize that our patience runs out with the junk of this world, our patience runs out with daily trials and lives, and our, our patience capacity fills up, that's when we realize that we need Jesus, who has unlimited capacity to produce in us a patience and a long-suffering that helps us to maintain and survive during even the most difficult times in our lives. The Bible teaches us this. The Bible teaches us that patience is an attribute of God, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God is slow to wrath. Now, I want us to look at some scriptures tonight. I want to close with something tonight. 
um, that I think is going to be powerful to us tonight. So 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, that's the first place I want us to go. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20. And First uh, Peter chapter three and verse twenty. Um, even God, patience is even an attribute of God. In verse twenty of First Peter chapter three, it says, "Who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah." While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through the water. In other words, God waited. He held back his judgment. He was long-suffering. It tells of the story of Noah. When Noah built the ark, God waited. He was forbearing. God was patient. He withheld his wrath for 120 years while Noah built the ark. He was patient with mankind during that time. He was long-suffering until they got into the ark and that day had run out. But it is an attribute of God. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, turn just a few pages over to 2 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 9, the Bible tells us this, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's a powerful scripture for us. It tells us that God is, it may appear that God is slow to act or slow to, uh, uh, to be counted as slackness or slow to judgment, but the truth is it's a picture of his long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of Christ. How many know it's God's desire that all men be saved? That all men come to the knowledge of Jesus. And there'll be a day when his long suffering will run out, when his patience with mankind will run out. And there will be a day he returns and all of this wraps up. But for now, God's not slack. It's God's desire that all men come to know Jesus. And, uh, you know, I mean, how many, how many of us uh, wish God would just zap a few people, you know, and not be so long-suffering with some folk, right? We all have our list. You got a list. If God zapped them today, you'd be like, well, you know, well, sorry. You wouldn't be sad about it. Put it that way. But thank God, God doesn't, God doesn't, doesn't act that way. God doesn't think like we. It's God's desire that all men come to the knowledge of Christ. Even the wicked of the wickedest, God's desire is that men's hearts would change and be turned toward him. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you. Bear with me as we go through these scriptures tonight because I, I do believe it's painting a picture for us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Verses 1 and 2. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling with which you were called. In other words, Paul's saying, hey, walk out the calling that is in your life. And then, then he tells us how to do it. With all lowliness, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. In other words, 
Walk out your calling. Walk out the gifting that's in your life. Walk out your call with long-suffering and with patience. In other words, the Scripture is telling us God is patient with us. God is long-suffering with us. We know that if He is long-suffering and He walks in patience, we too should walk in patience. But let's talk about a couple of things tonight. Let's take a few bites off of the long-suffering bar or the patient bar tonight and, and, and see and talk a little bit about what long-suffering and patience is and what it means to you and me as a believer tonight. First of all, I want us to see this about patience and long-suffering. Number one, we need long-suffering to wrestle with problems. We need long-suffering to wrestle with with problems. See, the grace of patience to wrestle with life's problems. We all need the grace. We all need these virtues of the Spirit in our life because patience and long-suffering helps us to manage and helps us to wrestle and walk through life's problems. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And beginning in verse 4, and I want you to see something here. The Apostle Paul is speaking here. And, you know, if anybody is learning patience, the Apostle Paul is. In verse 4 it says, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in much, in much patience. In other words, we, we, in other words, we demonstrate who we are in God, we demonstrate our ministry, we commend ourselves as ministers of God, we commission ourselves as ministers of God, so that, so that in patience, we what? That in patience, in tribulations, in needs and distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, in other words, Paul is talking about the long-suffering of God. He's talking about this long-suffering in statements. Don't know what you're in today. Maybe you're in affliction. Maybe you're in grief today. Maybe you're in trials or difficulty today. But Paul said this. He said, but in stripes, in imprisonments, in, in, these, in these things, in the midst of these things, that we are to have God will produce long-suffering in our life, so that we could wrestle, look, patience is building us so that we could wrestle with the problems of life. God wants to build the fruit of the Spirit of patience in your life so that you're able to wrestle with and able to overcome whatever you are in the middle of. If you're in the middle of grief or trial or difficulty, there is the supernatural fruit of the Spirit of long-suffering and patience that God will put in you that helps you uh, in the midst of these things. And, and verse 6 is interesting because it tells us how Paul survived being in all of these different trials and categories. Verse 6 tells us how did he survive it? By, we have these by statements, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, and by sincere love. In other words, Paul said, how do we progress through these trials? How do we progress through these situations that we wrestle with in life 
How do we get through them? What produces patience? What helps us with patience? Well, purity helps us with patience. Knowledge of God, either knowledge of his word or knowledge of his character by long-suffering, of course, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, and by sincere love, the scripture tells us. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And it goes through these by statements and it tells us how we can how we are to survive those end statements of our life. How we are to survive those end statements of our lives. In James chapter 5, it talks about the, the troubles that the that the prophets had. In verse 10 of James chapter 5. Let's look at James chapter 5. James 5. Verse 8 tells us this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he devour. How many know the devil wants to destroy you? The devil wants to destroy you, but look at verse 10. It says, but many, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established strength, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever. Amen and amen. In other words, um, he settles us. Our forbearance, our patience settles us. Um, it also talks later in, uh, in James, it talks about um, in James verse, verses 10 and 11. I had the wrong scripture there. Verse 10 and 11. My brethren, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. How many know the Old Testament prophets had to have supernatural patience because they bore up so much? I mean, take the suffering of the prophets in those days. And then the Bible tells us that not only considered the prophets, but indeed we count them blessed who endured, who have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. In other words, have you heard of the patience of Job? I mean, look at Job, look at the prophets. And what we understand is, is that we need the supernatural uh, patience of God to help us deal and wrestle with life's problems. It's supernatural that comes from God. In other words, do you know we have to have the patience of God in our failures at time. Times we fail, we need the patience of God. How many have ever heard of the famous poet Robert Frost? How many have heard of him? Did you know that Robert Frost, for 39 years, uh, it was 39 years before he had one poem published. 39 years of writing poems before he had one before he had his first poem published. But we know, go on to know that Robert Frost, he translated poems into 22 different languages. He won four Pulitzer Prize awards for his poetry. How many know he had to learn patience? 39 years of what he would consider, or you and I would consider, uh, not success in a field, 
but failure, all of a sudden, his patience, his patience waiting, uh, his patience paid off by being patient. How many know we have to have patience in the midst of our trials with difficulties that don't seem to get, you know, how many has ever been through a period of time where trials come and it seemed like they never let up? They just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. In other words, we need to learn how to, how to have patience, not only in the midst of times of failure in our life or what we perceive as failure, but also in the midst of times of trial. In times of trial, we have to turn to prayer. When we turn to prayer, that will activate the, the fruit of this, and the spirit of patience in your life. Because during trials, when we, when we begin to pray, all of a sudden, God will begin to activate the fruit of patience and long-suffering in our life. As we sang in the song, God will begin to turn it around. He'll begin to turn it around. So number one, we need long-suffering to wrestle with life's problems. Number two, we need long-suffering to work with people. Praise God. Somebody say amen. <laughs> How many know we need long-suffering to work with people? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. Y'all laughing. I, that, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter, um, chapter 5. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14. Here the Apostle Paul, look what he says. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. Does that mean be patient with those you like? Does that mean be patient with those that you have a connection with? It means be patient with all, right? That, the, that we are to have patience with everyone. We... You know, we have, to, um, we have to relate with people. Listen, we have to relate every day with people. We have to relate people with our jobs, unless you're a hermit, your family, your daily life, you're interjecting with people. And listen, there are times we have to be patient with people. When we don't want to be, we have to learn to have long-suffering when we're dealing with people. And... Uh, you, we have our family, we have our jobs, we have our daily life. How many know even people at church? We have to learn to be patient with even people we go to church with, right? How many know that you're gonna, at times you're going to have to be long-suffering with me and patient with me sometimes? And uh, it's kind of like the pastor that was seeing a counselor one time. And uh, he looked at the counselor and he said, well, they... They told me they wanted a shepherd for the sheep, but it turns out what they really need is a zookeeper for the animals. <laughs> How many know that even we have to learn to be patient with one another and work with long-suffering? We forget how long-suffering Jesus was. You realize Jesus was long-suffering with the disciples, was he not? I mean, if Peter was not putting his foot in his mouth at one moment, he was taking it out just long enough to put the other foot back in it. 
How many know that Jesus was patient with his disciples? I mean, look what he had to deal with. He had to deal with Peter, he had, who was always saying things, I mean, stupid things at times. He had to deal with James and John, who, were, who had tempers and were hotheads. He had to deal with Thomas, who was always negative and doubting. He had to deal with these, these uh, disciples who many times he told he had to go to the cross and he had to die and would resurrect, but at times they still didn't get it. In other words, Jesus was not only patient with the disciples, but he was patient with others. In other words, um, there were others Jesus never was bothered by intrusions into his life. There were many times that there were those who intruded into Jesus' life. They intruded in on his time. They intruded in uh, where he was. But never do we see Jesus being unkind or patient. How many know Jesus was even patient with Judas, who ended up betraying him? And so we have to be patient with one another. We have to be patient uh, with others, and sometimes that's hard to do. And um, I, I, I have moments like you do. Um, the other day, I wanted some ice cream. So I went to get some ice cream at a local place here. And uh, you can buy it by the quart, or you can buy it by the pint. And... Uh, and so I went in and I said, I want a quart of this. And, uh, and they start to uh, fill it and the machine kind of broke. And so it filled up this much of a, of a quart. And, and so they said, well, we're sorry. And they put a lid on it and they give it to me and they reach in the freezer and they give me a small little pint to go with it after I'd paid $7.56 for a quart. And... And the girl says to me, this is what she says. She says, I guess we're even. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I mean, and I just had a conversation with the boy, a boy that works behind the counter. He said, aren't you the preacher at River Valley? And I said, yeah, I am. He said, my grandfather used to go there and he was a preacher. And he told me who his grandfather was. And uh, uh, y'all know Bud um, Grimes and it was his grandson that worked there, and we had this long conversation about church and about God, and here, the fumes in my ears, my ears were so red, because I don't see how a, how a pint and a little bit equals a quart, right? I should have got two or three of those little pints, is that not right? And she says, I guess that makes it even. I was like, Where, sweetheart, where'd you go to school? I wasn't going to ask. But I didn't make a fuss. I took my little pint, $7 pint of ice cream, and went home. And the whole time, I'm going home and I'm thinking, I mean, the, the, the devil on this shoulder is like, you go back there right now. And you cause a scene and you make it right. You know? And I'm thinking the whole time, well, if I did that, I hear I just had this long conversation with, with the grandson of somebody who came to church here. And I, couldn't you imagine that story on Instagram? Pastor blows up <laughs> a girl behind the counter because ice cream shortage. You know, how many know that wouldn't work? But there are times we have to have patience with people in our lives. Anybody ever go through the drive-thru and get the wrong order? 
right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it happens. It reminds me of a story of an evangelist Sam Jones told one time. He said he was traveling in another country in Europe and he was on a train. And as he was on the train, uh, the, the, it was in the summertime, it was hot, the train was, was humid, people were sweating, and there was a man on the train that had a little baby, and the baby kept squalling and kept squalling and kept squalling and crying, and it was just disrupting the whole train and irritating the whole train. Well, there was a man that was on the train, he said, and he turned to the man who had the baby, and he, and he said to him, he said, can't you take that baby to its mother? And the man said, well, I would, but his mother is in a casket in the cargo car, in a baggage car behind us. We're headed to a funeral. And he said the, the man's demeanor carried such shame on his face, he apologized, and he took the baby and held the baby himself the rest of the trip. Sometimes we have to have patience in our lives. Sometimes we lack patience because we really don't know what others are going through. Sometimes we don't have patience because we don't understand what others are going through. Sometimes some think that patience and long-suffering is a sign of weakness. People who walk in patience and long-suffering are looked at sometimes that they, that they give the appearance of weakness. But the truth is, Some think that if I, if I put up with this, if I don't show them my temper, if I don't give them a piece of my mind, if I don't read them the riot act, then I'm weak. Something's wrong with me or wrong with them. If, if we don't show patience in our life. Jesus was the strongest person I know spiritually that we know. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12 that the joy set before him, he what? He endured the cross with what? With obedience or with patience. In other words, Jesus himself had endured a lot. You know, sometimes people get misunderstood because they endure a lot or they show patience and long-suffering in many areas when they think they should be reacting or think that they should be you know, uh, dealing with it or storming with it. But the thing is, is sometimes we don't know the whole story. We don't know what someone's going through or what they've been through. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's look at that. We were there a minute ago. 2 Peter chapter 3, and I'm going to go quickly, and verse 15. Consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our brother Paul accounted to the wisdom given to him has written to you. In other words, the long-suffering of Jesus. We are saved because of the Lord's long-suffering. Jesus didn't, didn't when he came... What would, have, what would happen to us if when Jesus came, that in the midst of him being here, he just gave up? He didn't endure. He didn't, he didn't have long suffering and carry it out. Jesus didn't, didn't just give up. Patience can bring, listen, patience can bring others to Christ. 
A life of patience can bring others to Jesus. And so, we have patience to help us wrestle with problems. We have patience to help us work with people. And thirdly, and finally tonight, we have patience. We have patience to wait with promises. In other words, we need the patience of God. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We need patience tonight to wait on the promises of God. To wait for the promises that God has promised in each of our lives. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In other words, in this passage of Scripture, what it is telling us, that as soon as we, uh, sometimes things don't come as soon as we think they should happen. God gives us promises, and sometimes there are people who wait many years for the promises of God to come about in their life. But God gives us patience so that we can wait out those promises that he has given us. The Bible says in verse 15 of that very chapter of Hebrews chapter 6, it says in verse 15, and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise. Who did? Abraham did. When Abraham endured, he, and he waited on God. He patiently waited, and God brought the promise. How many know that God's delays are not God's denials? Uh, someone told me sometimes when you feel like a promise of God is delayed, it's just because God's got bigger plans. He's got much better than what you imagine or what you can, can think of. That's how you need to think of it. When your plans or when the promises of God don't come fulfilled and you have to wait and endure for these promises, God's delays are not his denials, but you have to look at it as God's just got something bigger for me than what I've prayed or what's been promised. We have to wait on the Lord. This is the passage of scripture I want us to get to tonight. Hebrews chapter 10. Long suffering. We endure long suffering to wait on the promises of God. But Hebrews chapter 10. Let's begin reading in verse 35 actually. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what the promise after you have endured, you have need of endurance after you have, have endurance, a need. In other words, in other words, patience has the element of hope in it. Patience has an element of hope. We know Romans eight, 25 says, hope for what we don't see. We wait for it with patience or with perseverance. In other words, Paul was saying in Romans that we hope 
Sometimes we hope for those things we have not seen yet. But what do we do? We wait for it with perseverance and with patience. With patience, there's an element of hope that is in it. And uh, it's interesting. I was reading about a missionary that was on the mission field. And his mission support was late. And he didn't have any food. And he was sick. And he needed to go to the doctor. And he needed... His, his missionary support to come in so that he could go to the doctor. He was running out of food and he had no food. And, and for one month, for 30 days, all he ate was oatmeal and milk. All he had was oatmeal and milk. That was all that he had eaten and all that he had. Well, after 30 days, he got feeling better and his mission check finally came in 30 days late. He finally got feeling better. He went to the doctor anyway and told the doctor that for, he had been feeling bad. And he said for one month, all he ate was oats and milk. And the doctor told him that oats and milk saved your life. You had a digestive problem and it was the oats and milk that helped you heal. In other words, sometimes we can lose patience, you know, but God, but God through the endurance of patience, so that after it is done, we may receive the promise. There are three factors involved in the promises of God. I'm going to give them to you. Three factors. One is the trust factor. By faith, we trust that promise. By faith, we trust that promise. We all know the scripture in Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his promise, you know, the key there is all things work together. We, the trust factor, we believe it. We believe God. We believe the promise. We believe God. Two is the time factor. That's where long suffering comes in. All things work together for good. That's the time factor. In other words, the, we wait. Every promise has a time factor in it. How many know God Sometimes may not feel like he's on time, but how many know God's never late? God is always on time. And always on time further beyond what we may think is being on time. So three factors involved in God's promises. One is the trust factor. We believe it. Two is the time factor. We endure it. Or we live long suffering in it. And three... There's the thrill factor. You know what the thrill factor is? God fulfills his promises to us. The, the thrill factor is that we experience it. That we experience it. And so tonight we have to come to the Holy Spirit and we have to ask the Holy Spirit to build in us these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit of patience and long-suffering. Listen. The promises of God is like a seed in your life. The promises of God is like a seed. And, uh, um, and, and, and that seed that is planted in patience and long-suffering, it is like, um, it is, it is, patience and long-suffering is like the water on that seed of destiny for you. The promises of God are like a seed that's in your life, that God puts in your life. But patience and long-suffering 
is that which waters that seed of destiny in your life. Do you know water is the last step before there is ever any increase? For there to be increase of that seed, that seed has to be watered. There's a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 9, where the apostle Paul, he says this, some some plant, some water, but what? God is the one who gives the increase. And the promises of God is like a seed in your life. That seed is in your life. And what waters that seed is your patience and your long-suffering is what waters that seed so that that seed of destiny can come forth in your life. How many know that it's God's will for you to increase in your life? For him to reveal his promises to you. God gives the increase. But every seed of promise that is planted in your life needs to be water, watered. Paul said some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. See, for seed to be planted, that is destiny concealed. For it to come forth is destiny revealed. Seed planted in your life is destiny that is concealed. But when that promise comes forth, that seed comes forth, that is destiny revealed in your life. See, when a seed is planted, when you plant a seed, when a farmer goes and plants a seed, you don't plant it as if the planting is the final destination. Is that not right? When the plant is destined, the, the seed that is destined is concealed in hopes of becoming what it is that is planted. The in-between of the planting the concealing and the revealing, in that in-between period, there has to be watering of that seed. And the watering of that seed is our patience. It is our long-suffering. Watering is a step before revealing. Without watering, the promise will die in the ground. How many know if, that's, if you plant a seed in the ground, if it's not watered and if it's not maintained, that seed will eventually die? And never come forth. But our patience and long-suffering is what waters the seeds of our promise. And we all need water. Why? Why do we need water? Because we all have seeds of promise that is on the inside of us. There's destiny concealed inside of you. And the way that it becomes revealed is by being watered. It's watered by our the fruit of the spirit of long-suffering and patience waters that seed of destiny that is in you and I. I mean, this is a scripture that's in principle. I mean, Genesis 8 says that as long as the earth remains, there'll be what? Seed time and harvest. Is that not right, what the scripture says? Is it not what God did in Genesis chapter 1? What God do? He put the seed inside of every living thing that it might what? That it might procreate. That it might produce like its kind, God, when he created in the beginning, he said, let there be, and there was, right? And when he created it, what did he do? He put seed inside it so he wouldn't have to come back again and say, let there be again. Now there's procreation. 
Now that seed can live. Now that seed can produce. How many know you and I just didn't happen? We just didn't happen. How many know we were planted? How many know the sperm cell that planted you, you outswim all of the others? And before you had a Bible and before you had an M book, you were, you were planted and it was a seed that came forth. Do you know that planting and burial looks the same? Planting something and burying something looks the same. I mean, when you're planting something and burying something, you have to dig, right? You have to dig a hole when you're planting and when you're burying. Not only do you have to dig, but both is concealed. You cover them both up. So burial and planting looks the same. The difference is one of them has a destiny and the other one doesn't. We bury the dead to get rid of the body, right? But we plant the seed, and when we plant the seed and it's watered, and then comes forth the transformation that takes place. And, and uh, there's a great transformation that takes place that brings forth that seed. In other words, you and I, we have to be planted. And when we're planted, when we're planted in the word, when we're planted in prayer, when we're planted in patience, and that waters the promise of God that is in our life. When we put in that dark place and we can't see anything around us and we can't perceive, how many know we have to have patience to endure the fact that God is doing something in our lives? Knowing that in us is a seed of life that through patience is going to come up. In other words, you can make this promise and confession that when you are planted and that seed of promise is in you and it begins to be watered by patience and endurance and prayer and the word of God, you can say, I'm on the come up, right? I'm on the come up. The promise in me is on the come up. It's coming up out of me. It's going to come up out of me because I'm being watered by patience and endurance in my life. So we water it with patience and endurance. Sometimes we have to water the seed of promise with weeping. Psalms 126, which is my life verse. It says, he that go forth bearing precious seed, Weeping, bearing precious seed, shall come forth again with his sheaves. In other words, going forth weeping. Sometimes what waters the promise of the seed of your life is the tears you've cried, waiting for that promise to come forth in your life. Has anybody ever shed tears over the promises of your life? You go through heartache and, and you're trying to endure and walk out this thing with God, and you've had heartache, and you weep over it. The Bible says God takes our tears and puts them in a Bible, the book of Psalms says. But what happens is the promise comes after the process. All of a sudden, the promise of God is revealed. And I, I want you to know that God, when you are enduring when you are sowing tears, when you are serving God, 
that patience and long-suffering and endurance, it brings water to the seed of God's promise in your life, and that water brings trauma to the seed. That's what initiates the seed to begin to grow. And all of a sudden, the promise of God begins. I love the analogy. I don't have water with me. I wish I had some water. I'd show you an analogy. But the Bible said that Elisha washed the hands of Elijah for 12 years, right? In other words, well, it actually says he poured water on the hands of Elijah. And so Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. And, and he poured that water on Elijah's hands. But let me tell you what Elijah did to him. When, when he poured water on Elijah's hands, what he was doing, he was watering and serving Elijah. But as he was serving Elijah, Elijah was pouring back on him. He was watering his destiny. He was watering the seed of the promise that was in Elisha. And when we serve... When we serve and we water the life of others, God waters our life. And the promises we wait for, that we have patient for and endure for, God sends our way. Stand with me tonight, if you would, in closing. You know, I think as Christians tonight, we all could take a lesson of learning how to be more patient and long-suffering in our lives. And we know, we all know, God, we need long-suffering to help us deal with life's problems. You ever cried out to God and said, God, I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know if you've ever prayed that prayer. I've prayed that prayer before. God, I don't know how much more I can take. I'm sure it's a prayer Paul, Paul prayed. But we've all prayed that prayer. We've all needed patience in working with people and being around people. God teaches us patience. We have to relate every day with people in our lives. Church people, work people. There are going to be people that are mean to us, kind to us. We've got to learn to have patience and walk in that patience, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, as I was, as I was preparing this message, and even maybe you, you know, there are people that come to your mind who you have watched and seen have great endurance and great patience. And you say, man, Lord, I, want, I hope someday I can have their temperament, their disposition. Because the truth is, even at home sometimes, we don't have as much patience as we should, right? With our children, with our spouses, with our family, we lose, we lose our cool sometimes. We're not always as patient as we should be or long-suffering that we should be. And I know for some this may not be real challenging, but I want to tell you to me, 
waiting on God's promises and waiting on his, on his work in our life for him to open doors for us. We, you even have to endure, even in this hour we live in, for even as a church, we have to learn patience. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Wait on God. Wait on His directions. Have patience for God to bring about the promises and the prophecies and the things that He speaks into our lives. I don't, I don't want to be like that man on the train that yelled at that father was carrying that baby. Can't you take that baby to its mother? We become impatient. We become impatient with many of the things we're praying for. We want to see results now, and they don't happen quite as fast. We want to see loved ones come to the Lord that have not come to the Lord yet. We lose patience. But hang in there. Endure. Continue to... Continued long-suffering. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Don't give up. Don't stop. I had a pastor friend that prayed for his father for 30-something years to get saved. He got saved at 75 years old. Isn't that powerful? How many know 75 is not too late to get saved? He got saved at 75 years old. My mother got saved at 67. 67 years old. Never too late to live for God. Never too late to be patient and waiting on God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That preacher friend that prayed for his father all those years, he got saved at 75, but he died six months later of cancer. I mean, you know, that's an on-time God. On-time God. Let's pray tonight. Father, help us tonight. Help us to teach us long-suffering. Teach us patience. Help us to be patient with one another. Help us to be patient with our loved ones. God, help us to be slow to wrath, as the word patience means, to be slow to anger. Help us to be long-suffering. Give us the capacity to endure. Maybe there's someone here tonight whose patience has been thin in certain areas of their life and God, right now, by your spirit, you're, you're strengthening them and giving them patience for the long run. Giving them patience to endure greater things. God, we wait for the promise. We wait for the promises of God that are seeds inside our hearts. And I pray, God, that our endurance and patience and long-suffering will be the water that waters the seed of the promise of God. Let your patience fall on us, God, in this hour. Help us to be patient with the world. We look around us and we see the wickedness and we see much of activities that, that don't bring honor to you, God, and we're so quick at times to judge and so quick at times to pass judgment upon them. But God, help us to endure. Help us to have patience, to love this world that at times is unlovable and don't want to be loved. They won't let you love them. But give us patience to love them and see them like you did. Build that in us, Lord God. We thank you tonight, Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. 
If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.